This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. You're listening to the Free Breakfast with Mike Williams at Free FM 89.0. Marlon's dreaming there with Pink Frost, the live version. Coming up to almost exactly 29 to 9 now. Time for a change of pace. Uh, the play Calendar Girls is based on the 2003 movie of the same name, which was inspired by real-life events. Uh, Angela Baker's husband, John, died from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at the age of 54 back in 1998. And during his illness, Baker's friends began to raise money, initially with the aim of purchasing a new sofa for the visitor's lounge in the hospital where John was treated, but it kind of went out of control after that, which inspired the movie Calendar Girls in 2003. And the movie was such a hit that uh, Tim Firth decided to pen a stage version, which was released in 2009, and it's been done quite a lot around the world since then. It tells the story uh, in a nutshell of what that real-life experience was all about, but dramatises it a bit and makes it a lot more interesting and a bit more dramatic as well. The play opens on March the 18th at Riverley Theatre, produced by Hamilton Playbox, and director is Jane Barnett, who joins me in the studio now, along with Nicole Domit, who is playing Annie, who is one of the key characters of the story. Welcome to you both. Thanks for joining me in the studio this morning. Thank you. Thanks. Good to have a bit of company this hour of the morning. <laughs> uh, I'll start with you, Jane. Um, thumbnail sketch, really, of what the story is about. I've given the background. Now, tell me how the play evolves. The play is slightly different to the film in that we um, we can't flick so easily from our place in the countryside and over to New York uh, in the way that the film could. But the essence of the play is 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 there exactly like the film. Um, the play I really wanted to choose this play because I saw it first over in Topo by a, a very um, good group of women that were acting in the show and I really enjoy, I've done quite a few shows that involve comedy, I love comedy, I love to get the timing right so the comedy comes across but in addition to that I like to bring in pathos so you get the contrast so what I would really love to see is that people laugh along with the play but they also feel sad with the play as well so we've been working on that to get that emotion across for the play. The other thing that I've been looking at for quite some time, as I am a woman of a certain age, is to have a play that involved more women of a certain age. They're actually quite difficult to find plays that involve what I would say are middle-aged people. So I've been delighted to get a very good cast, some excellent experienced actors, who are able to bring that experience to the stage in this play. So it's taken a while to get it together, but we're just about ready to go and we'll be spot on by opening night on the 18th. All right, I almost gave the whole game away with the plot before, but tell me what happens when they decide to do their fundraising. What, what do they do? When they decided to do the fundraising, first of all, they belong to the WI. And the woman who's in charge at the moment or the chairperson of the WI, she's been doing these very um, ordinary calendars of, of bridges around the countryside or of churchyards around the countryside and the calendar girls uh, want to raise some money for this sofa 
um, that they want to buy for the hospital because when they sit on the sofa, the springs are sticking through and quite, it's quite dangerous, actually, physically, the sofa. <laughs> so they decide that they would like to do a calendar. And instead of it being a WI calendar, it's going to be a calendar of the WI so they decide that they would looked at several calendars like the ones that the firemen do and they decided yes they could be adventuresome and go slightly nude and um, try and raise some money so much to the disgust of the chairwoman of the wi they decide that they will pose slightly in the nude but covered in things that are familiar with the wi so then they make a calendar and to their amazement, it sells like hotcakes. And they are known actually all over the world through this calendar that they sell. And that is all factual. That actually happened. That is yeah. all factual. Yeah, mm. it's what happened. They thought they'd raise a few thousand pounds, but they ended up many, like 10 times what they, what yeah, they thought they, they were going to get, or, or more than 10 times. It's, it's a great story. What do you think it is that the, the, the appeal is of that kind of story? Is it just kind of little people deciding to do something that ends up being really successful and big? Or? I think so. I also think that leukaemia is a known, um, very hard to watch somebody with leukaemia um, as they get sicker and sicker. And I think there are a lot of people who've been in that situation as well. So they can put themselves into the story. But I think you're right. It's the small person doing this and raising a lot of money. So people are behind that. And the can-do kind of attitude that comes yeah. from organisations like the Women's Institute, that you know, small hometown kind and of uh, grassroots kind of thing, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And the women are, they are everyday people. And, you know, they, they do things like growing vegetables and, and they um, all sing together. And it's the kind of lifestyle that a lot of people can identify with. And it's a Yorkshire story. Is there something about that locality which makes it even more interesting? I think there's still... Um, um, I know a little bit about it, actually. There's a lot of places still in Britain, in my experience. I haven't been there a lot lately. But they're very much a village that work together and feel together. They look after each other. And there's, so they all know each other. And often the church is the central place in the village too. So this actually is set in a church hall where the WI meet every week. Not only do they meet um, for uh, doing Tai Chi, but they also meet to talk about the books they've read or to have their little choir practices. So it's a real tight community. And I think we've tried in this play to convey the feeling of Yorkshire with several of the actors um, doing a Yorkshire accent, but not everyone. And the original film, they did not all have Yorkshire accents. Well, people come from all over the place. That's anyway, exactly so that's right. Okay, isn't yeah. it? I think part of that tight-knit community and everybody knows everybody kind of thing resonates a lot with Kiwis as well. We have so many small towns in this country where that is life, yes. particularly in the South Island. Nicole, let's bring you into the conversation here because you're playing Annie hmm. and Annie is the woman at the centre of all of this because it's her husband, John, who passes away, and it's her journey, really, which is the catalyst for her friends getting behind her, making all this happen. Uh, what's it like taking on a role like that? Um, it's a privilege, um, and it's a challenge, 
uh, she goes through so many emotions. Obviously, when it starts out, life's great and she's really happy and there's lots of laughter and so on. But she does face this tremendous challenge of seeing, of getting the prognosis that John's unwell and then having to see that through and out the other side. So there's this huge amount of weight of grief that she's carrying. And even while the calendar's successful, you really feel Annie struggling to enjoy some parts of it because she's still carrying that that huge sense of of loss, which you know, which people do. Um, it's just not easy to shrug off. So it's um, it's a it's a wonderful part, and I'm really really thrilled to be able to play it. I've always thought it was a terrific story of women bonding as well, particularly the relationship between Annie and her best friend Chris, who's mm. kind of outrageous and inclined to break the rules. Yeah. Chris kind of gives Annie a little bit more of zest for life at times when she really needs it and so on. Uh, have you found it easy to establish that kind of rapport with your fellow actors and, and show some of that bonding and that building of that relationship between the women? It's probably one of the most surprising things for me was that actually while that is what the story is about, this this close bond of everyone, of the woman of the WI, um, is that actually that's happened with the with the team of actors um, in the play? We've all gone really close and really supportive, and you know we share lots of laughter on and off the stage, and it's that's actually been just wonderful. Um, it's lovely to be in such a uh, yeah close knit group of women who are all um, together on stage, but but also off stage so it's been really surprising and uh, Lucinda who plays Chris is um, is definitely um, out there and you know you do feel um, that she is dragging Annie along and making me be a little bit more uh, naughty and daring and um, yeah she gets into lots of hot water and I sort of just trail along behind. But Chris is also there for the touching moments, isn't she? And the, and yeah, the she deeper is. moments that happen between those two women. Yes, she definitely is. She's definitely my best friend and she's seen me through a lot of trials, including John's death. And so, yeah, that friendship's ever so important. And there's this just beautiful scene in the end when the friendship really comes back together and it's, um, it's really touching when I see her again mm. after a, a, a time of separation. I don't want to do too many spoilers, but there is a huge arc yeah. in that story of the relationship between Annie and Chris. doesn't go smoothly all the time. No, there is a huge conflict. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, the players got lots of different conflicts because all of the calendar girls um, have their own stories and you know that they are all facing life challenges that are really real even today from you know financial to infidelity to insecurity um, to growing old you know lots of different challenges that people are facing today is still in the story. So much that people can relate to in in the whole play and the whole story, and either one of you can respond to this if you want. I, I also feel that there's a uh, a resonance there for people who uh, have any knowledge at all about what it's like to care for or love somebody that's going through the cancer process as well, mm. yeah. either treatment or actually uh, succumbing in the end. A absolutely, mm. absolutely. We I'm, all know somebody, don't we? Yes, mm. we do. Mm. I, I do. One mm. of my closest friends died of cancer. And um, it certainly is a process and you really don't get any practice for how to relate to somebody who's dying. Mm. Mm. And um, I think we actually really need to talk about it more in our society 
to enable people to go through that process of grief and grieving with people that are, are dying. Yeah. What uh, I just want to backtrack a little bit, Jane, to the time when you announced that you were going to do this and, and put the word out for auditions. Response actually was pretty yes. immediate, wasn't it? <laughs> actually, I was I was so excited <laughs> because the response I could have cast it twice, mm. and um, I you know was very difficult in a way because each of these characters are are so individual. So I kept mixing and matching at the auditions to try and get the best combination. So some people who weren't cast actually auditioned very well, but I was looking at the team as a whole mm -hmm. and I wanted people to be able to work together. And I, I'm, I'm very pleased to hear what Nicole has said because I've actually worked really hard to build a bonding between the women and you know encouraged people to get involved more than perhaps I would when I directed Oklahoma or some of the other shows that I've directed. Well, I think the difference might be that everybody, I think, that would have auditioned maybe had their own connection to the story, that they felt like knowing somebody that had gone through cancer treatment or having a friend that had gone through it or yes. um, had some, some part of the story that resonated with them that they thought, I really would like to do that play because of that reason. So I think a lot of people yes. were motivated to come to auditions for that. Nice for you as director to have somebody to choose from, but what a difficult process. To it was. Through. It yeah. was difficult. Yeah. I, I, as <laughs> Nicole could say, I took my time, but I... I, I strongly believe you've got to spend very good quality time on casting. Yeah. And and um, that, for me, is the essence of being able to get people to work together if you've got a cast that can work together. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be terrific. And I know from a little bit of inside information that it actually is going to be terrific. <laughs> I've had a sneak preview of a couple of things. Um, you open on the 18th, just over a week. That's uh, right. Bookings through iTicket.co.nz. Yes. And running through to uh, April the 1st, Thursday, Friday, Saturday seasons for That's the right. last couple of weeks. With um, matinees on the last two Saturdays, yep. on the 25th and the 1st. Yeah. Well, break a leg, everybody. Nicole, thanks for coming in Thank uh, you. along with Jane uh, and talking about the production. It's um, it's exciting. It's um, such a worthwhile play. Mm. I really can't endorse it enough that yeah. uh, people should definitely book to come and see it. At Riverley Theatre, I'll give you those dates again. March the 18th, April the 1st. Bookings through iTicket.co.nz. Jane Barnett, uh, Nicole uh, Domit, thank you so much for coming in this morning and joining us on uh, the free breakfast. It's been good to have you. Thank you very much. It's been Thank wonderful. You. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.